0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, I think he's actually speaking and giving his
1: presentation in Billings right now. Dr. Pat Barkey from the University of Montana's Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Travel in the state with an update on the Montana economy and the Economic Outlook Seminar. Uh, I think he's like two blocks away at the Northern Hotel. As soon as he wraps up, he's going to try to come up and see us here in studio. If he absolutely can't make it in studio, he's going to call in on the phone lines, and, and that'll work out great, too. I said, either way, it'll work, Dr. Barkey. We look forward to catching up with you. In the meantime, though, I thought, you know, some of our listeners are having withdrawals. We had such a great time at the SHOT Show last week with John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter. Hey, let's let's have him stick around sidekick with us uh, while we take your phone calls a little bit here on this uh, Tuesday morning. And, and, John, thanks again for being back with us. Are you having withdrawals coming back from Vegas in the shot show as well? What a great time. And we got to catch up with so many people down there.
2: Well, we went, you know, we, we had to delay the podcast the other day because of Don Donald Trump Jr., you know, coming on on Montana Talks out there. And then I was trying to tell them because they were asking me on the podcast, okay, what are you guys doing tomorrow? What's going on? And I said, look, guys, this is playing out. So by the minute out there in Las Vegas, we really don't know. You don't know who's going to drop by and you're going to be just interviewing them in a hot second, right? It's it's really exciting the way that plays out.
1: Yeah, like um, remember the WSI sports people that make the cold weather sports gear? So uh, the gal uh, with that outfit, uh, Taryn Dar, I think was her name, she posted a pic, a picture with Vivek Ramaswamy. And I'm like, how the heck did we miss Vivek Ramaswamy? He was down at the SHOT Show. And I know he was at a party with Donald Trump Jr. a couple nights earlier because some of my Bozeman friends were there. But, uh, yeah, we missed Vivek. I thought he would, if anybody, would have come over to Radio Row. But that's all right.
2: Well, and we missed uh, Rob O'Neill. What, what happened to him? I don't know. We probably would have had better luck at the
1: casino, I think, probably running into our buddy Rob. I thought, yeah, I wanted to have a cigar with Rob, too. But uh, he didn't have his brother Tommy with him. So, you know, Tommy's the real uh, cool guy in the family there. Uh, You know, his brother Tommy back in Butte. uh, It's it's a good time. I I love joking with those guys. But, yeah, Tommy's on the radio in Butte, uh, one of our sister stations there. Great guy. So on the flight back, um, it was fun listening back on some of our conversations. I went back and and listened to him again. It was just fun to listen to the coverage. But I also... I listened to a podcast by Dr. Jordan Peterson. He's the renowned clinical psychologist in Canada who's been pushing back on all this woke, you know, transgender nonsense and, and everything going on in Canada under the tyranny of Justin Trudeau. He interviewed Eva Vlaardingerbroek, this Dutch uh, conservative young lady who's been fighting for the farmers in Europe. It was a fascinating podcast, about an hour and a half long, absolutely fascinating the whole it, time.
2: Yeah, Pearson was getting targeted by the old Twitter regime, if you remember, before elon took over they were after him suspending him all the time going after him all because they wanted to shut him up yeah exactly now of
1: course that's all changed speaking of getting beat up on twitter governor gianforte taking some some shots from conservatives on twitter we'll tell you what the story is there and i'll give you some highlights about what they had to say about the farmer rebellion in europe just some of the high points are incredible
0: This yes, is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right. This hour is going to fly by today.
1: We are taking your phone calls if you want to jump in on the conversation as well. 406-294-0970. So, John, yeah, was, you know, we were talking about our flights back from Vegas from the SHOT Show. And, and what, I, what I like about it, as much as I hate to fly anymore, I, I finally get the opportunity to just sit back and relax and listen. You know uh it, talking all you know all morning long it's it 's nice to just sit back and listen. I mean, I get to listen to callers, et cetera but i I listen to Dr. Jordan Peterson, this renowned clinical psychologist in Canada who 's been pushing back on the all the woke nonsense up there and the tyranny under Justin Trudeau. He interviewed uh, Eva Vlardingerbrook, and I hope I pronounced her name right, but she is she 's from the Netherlands. And you know the farmers staged a revolt the The green new deal policies in europe were were targeting the farmers uh, of Europe and especially uh in in the netherlands and the farmers fought back and they won and massive uh you know uh, turnout in the elections there. Recently, there's been these massive protests by the farmers in Germany as well. I mean, they're driving tractors and everything out on the streets, uh, shutting Germany down to protest these Green New Deal policies. Here's here's some of the bullet points that I took. I just took some notes as as I was listening in Germany. They are pushing a 10 percent reduction of farms and farmland. Now, imagine if Joe Biden just came here and says, all right, 10 percent of farms in Montana, you're out, you're done. Now, you could say he's already doing that with this 30 by 30 initiative to pull lands out of production that 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 what they are doing with the Green New Deal in Europe is exactly what Biden and Tester are doing here in America with the 30 by 30 initiative and more. They also are pushing a 50 percent reduction in some of the farm inputs, feed, fertilizer, things like that. Right. And the, the German farmer that joined her on this podcast says, That'd be like going to your doctor and a doctor says, you know what? We've been forced to reduce your medications by 50%. You're being operated on. No, nope, you only get 50% of the pain meds, not the 100%. So that's just two of the notes that I took. Uh, crazy that, that, that there isn't even more widespread protests in Europe than what we're already
2: seeing. Y- your daily reminder, all of these people are effing insane, okay? <laughs> what... what <laughs> We've managed to sustain. How many billion people do we have on the planet now, Aaron? We're, we're barely sustaining all these people to where they don't starve by our technologies today in farming, in fertilizer and all that. The ability to produce all that food for the world. These lunatics, these climate lunatics want to stop that. Where do you think that ends? That ends with millions dying from starvation. You crazy
1: clowns. Yeah. But they have to be stopped. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, here's another one. They're increasing the agriculture fuel taxes. So even here in and in, in, in keep in mind, watch what they're doing in Europe and then know that that's what they want to do to you uh, if they're not already, like I mentioned, 30 by 30. So they want to increase the agricultural fuel taxes. So if you're fueling up your farm equipment, you do not pay the the, uh, the gas taxes on those, right? Well, why not? Well, because your are the gas taxes are designed to help subsidize road construction. You're, you're not using your farm equipment out there on the roads. You're using it out there on your farm, on your land or your ranch. So, so that's why you don't pay the, the taxes to pay for the roads the the road taxes are designed to pay for the roads that you're actually driving on. No, no, no. In Europe, they don't care right now. And in Germany, they don't care right now because, see, they've got a spending problem. Which is what happens whenever leftists take over. And because they're spending too much, they have a budget deficit. And so they are going after the farmers, not only because they want to go after them anyway, but because they're saying, well, we got to raise taxes somewhere. We're coming after you, even
2: though the farm equipment is not used on the roads that the taxes are supposed to build. I think we said on your program back during COVID that there's one basic thing that a lot of people on our side miss and that a lot of people on the left miss too. And it is this, we run this mf You do not. <laughs> we own this place. We on the right, we as conservatives, we are the cops, we're the farmers, we're the military, we're the truckers, we're everything that supplies all of you. If you want to mess with us, we can come together as one, just like they've done over in Europe, and shut you down anytime we want what did he just say there? i think it was heifer
1: he said we run this heifer <laughs> he said heifer we run this heifer uh it was also interesting another point on the farm front here they they said that europe is dumping grain from ukraine into europe and lowering the price of crops. So, so there's another element of economic warfare because of the crisis and the chaos that Biden and team created in the Ukraine with their weak foreign policy. Now they're dumping Ukrainian grain into the European market and, and then lowering the prices so significantly. So they're trying to pinch them on farm inputs. They're trying to take their land out of production. They're trying to raise their taxes on fuel. At the same time, they have dramatically undercut the price they're getting for their crops as well. Like I say, it's unconventional political warfare on all fronts, and farmers have the targets on their backs.
2: What's that? That old song comes to mind all the time, Dirty Laundry. You remember the line from Dirty Laundry where they said, you don't really want to know what's going on. You don't really want to know how far it's gone. And you get into these subjects, you start getting down into the weeds on these subjects about how the, com- the world's communists are attacking us at every level on all sides. Boy, it is, it is really just overwhelming. A lot of times you just don't want to know about it.
1: One other thing on the oil and gas front in Europe, frac fracking, hydraulic fracturing. That's what allowed us to start rocking the Bakken in Montana and North Dakota. Uh, they said Germany could frack for 30 years, but they won't. Spain spain now imports double the gas from russia than they did before the ukraine invasion so uh, so again they, they sit here all day and talk about putin while they send him more money because they don't want to drill for oil and gas domestically oh it seems like we've seen that happen here in america as well doesn't it your calls next
0: great state of montana from the peaks of the bear tooths to the banks of the clark fork river this is montana talks with aaron flint
1: All right, let's uh, jump right into the phone calls here. Man, we are not going to have time to get to everything. Uh, I got a Mitch in Kalispell. I got your message as well. I want to share that because that's a story we have to talk about. Uh, But first, Alan in Paradise Valley, uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, I I figured you might have some good thoughts on farmers and fuel and what I was sharing from Europe.
3: Well, it's it's very interesting, Aaron. And uh, let's look at the fuel situations that we have. They put all these restrictions and all these things on our vehicles to make them run less. Well, and the trackers, you have to have the DEF on those now, too. But we could have solved that whole fuel crisis in uh, Europe by uh, not spending all or having all those jets flying into Davos. (laughs) Exactly. You know, 3,000 gallons per jet for, at 150 of a day, that's a lot of fuel. Yeah. And they did it for 10 days, I believe. So I had to figure it out there was some million gallons of fuel that we could run in our tractors.
1: But that goes back to John Jackson's point here, which is they're going to starve Europe of food. They eventually want to starve us of food, but they're never going to go hungry.
2: Well, they might go
3: hungry when they when you can't ship it. And the, other, the other thing we're finding out, is if you look at the fertilizer side of things, we're having to add sulfur fertilizer to all our crops. And why is that? Well, we've cleaned up the atmosphere. We're not burning that high sulfur coal. And, and so there was a benefit to some of that
1: but instead of rewarding farmers for increased efficiency and uh and better ways of of helping the environment no instead they, they want to shut you down and they and they want to punish you alan great to hear from you as always one of the the great ranch families down there in, in montana's paradise valley uh, great to hear from you thanks for calling in uh john the the quick point that The one line that I took that that I wrote down – and there's probably a better way of saying this as I listened to that Jordan Peterson podcast was their virtuous intent leads to a mischievous reality or a dangerous reality that – because something about the way Jordan Peterson was describing from a psychological perspective what they're doing because they think they have all this virtue that they're trying to help the environment. Well, even if they have a virtuous intent, it leads to a very dangerous or mischievous reality.
2: I I, see – I take the other tack on that, Aaron. I don't think – now, true enough, there are some of these people that are, that are really stupid. But what they're doing, they, they know exactly – what they're doing over there they are trying to the key players sh- yeah. oh yeah they know exactly what they- this has nothing to do with the climate they are trying to control you they want to control you uh shrink the middle class eliminate the middle class have all poor and just a select set of rich people and now they can control you with the food that's I and mean, yeah.
1: that's what he that's what eva was yeah. saying how is this is this is about destroying yep. free markets and pushing everybody into the the servant class and 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 into a more socialist style yes. government. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, well said, uh, Sam in Lewistown. Great to hear from you.
4: Yeah, they are. We are losing ground, land, farm production, ranching production every day between the American Prairie Reserve. Uh, Out of state money coming in, buying up these ranches for hunting and young farmers and ranchers can. They can't even come close to going and buying a piece of ground, uh, and there's so many regulations, and it, it's such an uphill battle. A lot of the next generation doesn't even want to get into it. And yeah.
1: you've been it, squeezed is, on all sides. We are
4: losing. I don't, know, I don't know what the percentage is, but we're losing uh, farming and ranching branches
1: every day in montana exactly right it's
4: reality
1: and yeah and you're and you're being squeezed on all sides as you pointed out no very well said sam thanks for the phone call and uh you know and by the way the very same people they're doing that on purpose by the way the very that's why the very same people that are backing the american prairie reserve to remove those lands out of production are the same financial backers of, of what's going on in Europe and these other Green New Deal policies. They're simultaneously shutting you down while they figure out a way to line their own pockets with these Green New Deal scams. Uh, let's go to Chet in the Gallatin Valley. Chet, what's on your mind this morning?
5: Good morning, fellas. Hey, this one uh, is absolutely over the top for me that I read over the weekend. And I'm sure you fellows have traveled, and all the major natural history museums whether it be the Smithsonian or the in New York, Chicago, and L.A., they're closing all the Native American wings. They're trying to change history on us again. They're they're covering everything up. And I was just wondering if, you know, I'm sure we have a lot of good Native American friends that tune in to you guys, if some of them could maybe, uh, you know, call in and say, what is happening on Mm. this?
0: Good point, yeah.
1: And we do have so many great friends uh, listening, yeah, A Native American listeners, yeah. friends on the reservation. Yeah, it, it does seem like...
5: Just like, pull, just like pulling down all those statues back all over the country.
1: They want to erase our history, and, and they want yeah. to erase Native American history, and they want to... and, and they. I, I mean, I, I said this about this, this southern border invasion, that they want to replace you. They want to replace all of us with people from these other countries, Native Americans included. And so, yeah, the fact that they're trying to erase this history, cover it up. Why, why do you think that the Blackfeet Nation was, was the nation that, that that had the honor of the Washington Redskins logo? But, oh, a bunch of white liberals led by George Soros call it offensive. So we're supposed to let the white liberals remove this honor for the Blackfeet Nation? I mean, it's, it's so symbolic, isn't it? All right, let me sneak in another caller here. And, uh, uh, Chet, thanks for waiting. Thanks for the call. Uh, Gordon in Billings. Gordon, what's on your mind?
3: I just have a conspiracy theory on the border. When Obama was in, they brought up all this ammunition and firearms. And then Trump got in, and the border was closed. If Hillary got in, the border would have been open. Now they're opening it again with Biden, and they're letting all these young men in. I think that's Biden's army for the uh, revolution that they are planning.
1: Well, clearly, look at California. Before California started having all these illegal aliens, California was a pretty cool place, right? It was a thriving place. Now it's an absolute disaster. Because of what? Because of elections elections destroyed california but what helped them do it illegal alien inflows into california john you were actually just talking to me about that earlier about these ma'am it's ma'am military aged males flooding across our southern border describe these ma'ams that are coming across
2: yeah picture of them that they they were uh detained by texas authorities the other day it's probably about eight of them and they're standing there they're all 20 30 year old males in shape, short haircuts, well dressed, with combat level, like the kind of packs that we had in Afghanistan, those tactical packs all sitting in front of them.
1: Molly gear straps on the side, everything. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they could have gotten that out of
1: Afghanistan because we left $85 billion of equipment left behind. And we know those guns are not just going to our, our adversaries in the Middle East, but they're also going to Al-Shabaab. Shaba in uh, <laughs> in Somalia and elsewhere as well. Inside joke. Shaba on that one for you. Um, OK, got this message from Mitch in Kalispell. And I know we're going to run out of time, uh, but this is a huge story. I've already got a big story on our Montana Talks website. If any of you missed it, uh, yes, I've heard about this story. Yes, I've covered this story. I actually interviewed the mom in this situation. But here's the message from Mitch in Kalispell. Who in the state government is accountable for the young girl being taken from her family in Glasgow and sent to – it's actually Wyoming – sent to Wyoming to transition to a male uh, You know, you can't drive as as a young lady, but you can permanently change their identity. This is a story you would expect to see from California, but it's taking place right here in the last best place of Montana. So. um, So, yeah, this is a big story. Governor Greg Gianforte uh, is getting slammed by a lot of prominent conservatives on Twitter right now over this story, including the libs of TikTok. Christopher Rufo is also saying, hey, why are we seeing a story like this out of Montana, not California? Long story short. I interviewed the mother, full audio on our Montana Talks website, so so the, their daughter ended up having to go into a treatment program. CPS removed the daughter from the home. They put her into a treatment program, but now they've got chest binders on her. They're referring to her as a boy and, and allowing her to identify as a boy in this treatment program, uh, which is very concerning because that could cause lifelong harm for for that young lady but but the governor res- responded
2: with a lengthy thread on twitter i don't know if you saw his full response john i did and there are multiple levels to this i have experience i have worked with cps here in montana a bunch of times and i'm here to tell all of y'all right now they can't do enough their hands are tied in so many situations i have seen just heartbreaking uh, stories right in front of my own eyes, not passed to me by somebody else of where children are allowed to remain or, or come back very quickly within a couple of weeks into just horrible situations what but, but addicted a, parents oh, all sorts of horrible things. living so you 're saying I mean, is
1: that CPS sometimes has to put kids back that, that they aren 't uh, too aggressive
2: with removing kids from the homes. you wish they could be more aggressive I wish and, they could be more aggressive. What went on here obviously was somehow the, the the treatment area that this person was placed in was not properly vetted in which they were allowed to do any of this gender crap with this kid yeah i mean that should never be allowed in any place that cps places someone should not ever be permitted to do any of that
1: and it sounds like we need to get additional we've already got sb99 that prevents any of the hormones or removing body parts surgeries but this whole socially transitioning is very harmful in itself Sounds like we need more laws on the books to prevent that type of stuff from happening. But right now, the lieutenant governor fully investigated this, looked at all the court documents and said that, unfortunately, they complied with the law here. Uh, So but but I I interviewed the mom and she sounds nice, sounds very credible. Uh, So it just uh, sounds uh, tragic all around.
0: This is where Montana talks with Lane Nordler. This week, I'm broadcasting from Orlando, Florida, at the Cattle Industry Convention
6: and NCBA Trade Show. At the conclusion of this year's event, Wyoming rancher Mark Isley will become president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, and he says he's humbled to represent the nation's cattle industry. It's humbling, and there is weight on the shoulders to help producers. I know because I was one of those producers who needed help, and between my local, my state, and the national organization, they pulled us through, made us better for it. I need to pay that debt forward. Top issues being addressed this week by cattlemen and women creating the NCBA grassroots policy book include farm bill priorities, issues like reforming the Endangered Species Act, opposition to the BLM's conservation rule, electronic logging devices, traceability guidelines, and of course, clear product of the USA labeling on beef. NCBA absolutely is the best voice in D.C. We're credible, we're relied upon. We provide numbers and science. We try to stay away from the emotional side of those issues. This is all grassroots. This is all driven from the bottom up. Producers have a say in our policies. Our job is to carry those policies forward and make them useful for our people. Our voice in Washington and their strength in numbers, which is why membership is important, why membership should go forward and, and try to grow, is because it unveils those opportunities to our producers. From Orlando, I'm Lord Blond.
0: this is where montana talks montana talks with aaron
1: flint all right well i mentioned dr pat barkey with the university of montana bureau of business and economic research was in the middle of his presentation earlier this morning he's he may still be going and that's okay because dr barkey we can get you on the phone or in studio anytime so uh so if you got to keep taking care of business there that's great or if he pops in We'll throw him on the microphone, and if he doesn't, hey, we'll just keep taking your phone calls and, and keep mixing it up here with John Jackson, the joker from Twitter, uh, who's with us in the first half. Uh, let's go to Dylan in Lodgegrass. Uh, I think he wants to follow up on that uh, Jordan Peterson podcast that I was listening to, talking about farming in Europe and energy and more. Uh, Dylan, thanks for the call. Good morning, Aaron. It's
7: good to be back on with you. Great to have you. a gotta apologize here at the at the very beginning. I've not caught you as much as I need to, as much as I like to here in the mornings. But uh yeah, so after I left Red Lodge, uh, I went out to North Dakota and uh worked in the oil field for about eight months until I got this business opportunity that I'm at gas now. But uh the the fracking that oil industry—I mean, it's crazy. It's the dirtiest job you've ever been, you've ever had, or been around, or whatever. But it is so neat to be a part of that. And they can frac, frac things, and just keep going. One of the wells that one of my pushers was telling me one of my one of the wells they did like back in 2011, they just refracked it and re and re—you re, know—re got it going. That's you right. Know, just
1: were they going and crack go it again in? and and pull some oil more oil, oil out of there?
7: Yep, and it was and it was pretty neat too to be we were we were part of some of the longest uh, wells ever, ever drilled down over there in North Dakota, twenty twenty seven, 000, 29, seven thousand, twenty nine, seven thousand feet. You know, and it's just amazing. It's cool. It's a crazy job, but it's it's cool to be a part of, but uh it's it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. And so when you talk about, so I, I was talking about how, you know, Spain has imported double the gas from Russia than they did before the Ukraine invasion. Germany could frack for 30 years, but won't. I mean, you know, and, and again, like, uh, are producers continuing to produce oil and gas? Yes, especially when the prices are, are up significantly. But what I'm more interested in is we need to get more production in the works. We need more rigs out there getting more, and punching more holes into the dirt to really uh, have American energy dominance once again.
7: Oh, that's exactly right. It's, it's so crazy. We were talking, and we can drill so much faster now than even 10, 15 years ago. Um, talking about drilling wells in
5: in 20
7: hours of of the drilling process not counting all the the extracurricular activities got to go on there but instead of you know 15 20 days per well you can drill more wells with one rig now than you could 10 years ago so i mean it's you yeah. it can keep going
1: it's, it's fascinating that that technology it's similar with agriculture i mean you know who would have thought uh this revolution in the pulse crop industries And how wheat farmers, instead of just leaving the the dirt uh, fallow, uh, could instead put another crop in there. Uh, I mean, you know, technology, research, uh, it's key to feeding the population. But uh, Europe wants to shut it down, and so do the leftists here. Hey, Dylan, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear from you again. Thanks for calling in. We do now have, I, I wanted to get to more more callers, but we do now have Dr. Pat Barkey from the University of Montana's Bureau of B, uh, Business and Economic Research on the phone lines with us uh, just a couple of blocks away. But, Dr. Barkey, we appreciate you calling in. I, I, I imagine you just wrapped up your presentation over there. Uh, thanks, Aaron. Uh, no we're
3: right in the middle. i got got... Uh... This is the middle innings. I've got a, I'm a closer too. So, uh, yeah, some great calls there. interesting conversations. I, we, uh, we of course are doing our annual show and trying to get people a report card on what I think is the most underreported story out there. And that's what's going on with the state and local economies. Not too many people are really aware of what it looks like, at least from the, from the high level view. And that's what our aim is, is to, is to get people that, uh, an update on
1: exactly what's going on. It sounds like uh, you know I was able to catch up with uh, with Evelyn Pyburn from the Base Guy Business Journal uh, on uh, Monday morning, and she's been listening into some of your presentations that you've already been holding across the state. And it, it sounds like what, what your report is like, like the the real big picture is: hey, that explosive growth that Montana saw post COVID nineteen with the influx of, uh, of of legal migrants, shall we say? Uh, that that explosive growth is now starting to taper off, but still growth nonetheless. Is that a good summary?
3: It's a good story. Huh? You know, it, it is it is a lot slower growth. Uh, it looks really like 2021 was a peak year for Montana. Not so much for wage and salary folks. Uh, there, the uh, hours and wages and, and employment security is pretty good. Big change for Montana business owners. It's uh, definitely showing up in tax revenues. I don't want to out Evelyn too much, but you know Evelyn is perhaps the only person I know that has been to every single one of our forty-nine economic outlook seminars except <laughs> one. So she's no great.
1: is she's a saint? I tell you what, and she's so good with business news and and policy issues and everything. She's just always fascinating to talk with, uh, and in uh, a great family as well. Um, so. I know every time you do these, not only are you giving uh, uh, information in your presentations, but you always learn something when you get out on the road as well, or, or you kind of notice what stands out to the crowd. Was, was there anything you said today where you could see the crowd kind of perk up or that, that they took particular interest in or something that, that these crowds have been saying to you at your various stops
5: already?
3: Well, I tell you, it's hard to, hard to judge, but I think there's probably two uh, kind of wow pieces of information. Uh, the first is when I told people that 28% of work hours in the U.S. economy are remote. Okay. It's kind of astounding that it's that high, but that's the reality. Uh, another thing, uh, is clearly from a totally different part of the presentation is some of the information that's coming out on how the U.S. is doing in life expectancy and what COVID has done. It's a, it's a little depressing, but it's something you need to know. And uh, it's been a little tough. I mean, we've we've had a a pretty big hit to life expectancy that is not just COVID. It's it's opioids. It's traffic accidents. Who knows what it is? But uh, that's just two totally different isolated pieces of information that I don't think a lot of people knew. And, well, and, uh, and
1: in Montana, where we have a more elderly population to begin with, uh, speaking of Evelyn Pyburn, we were talking about how now it's not just the baby boomers that are retiring. Gen Xers are starting to talk about retirement, but when you look at one third of all Montana voters are baby boomers, and what happens when you know when those gen- when that generational shift happens from his from his tam- you know the the, the massive uh, you know uh, senior living homes in in Billings and Great Falls and elsewhere, do they eventually turn into you know, young people apartments? Yeah, that's that's a good point.
3: That's, that's a little bit of a slow motion story, though. But you're right, I mean it has a has a ton of force to it. And it's not gonna change us tomorrow, but it's already changed just quite a bit. You know, speaking as a baby I'm over myself here, I I wanna say we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's right, that's right.
3: Please and thankfully
1: so. Thankfully so. Well you're a stubborn group. That's that's one one thing. we no, I'm joking. Uh so uh you know i was in las vegas for the shot show last week the world's biggest gun show and it was great we had the ceo of brixtel defense come and join us on this show and you know they're doing that 125 million dollar investment in glendive montana and the consistent reaction i'm hearing from everybody is glendive needed this glendive in eastern montana really needed this because we've had explosive growth in the west but parts of the east have been struggling yeah it's
3: Kind of a blessing i wouldn't say there's definitely no curse to that but there's a challenge when you have a community like glendive or you have what's going on with vcom and in, uh, in lewistown is that these uh, these folks who of course want to locate here because they like they like montana they like the work ethics they like uh the way our state works but finding places for those folks to live uh finding ways to expand the public infrastructure to support that kind of expansion even though yeah, it's pretty modest by Bozeman and billing standards, but, you know, for now, that's a big, that's a big deal. So, uh, it's a good challenge to have, but, uh, it's going to be one that, that it is challenging. By the way, there's, there's very quietly, not in those big chunks like you're talking about, but there's very quietly been a lot of growth in some areas that haven't grown as much, uh, mostly because of that stat I gave you about remote work. Yeah. I mean, you, you put it together with kind of lifestyle and, uh, cost of living, particularly housing, uh, and some of these places are, are more competitive now than they ever have been in the last few decades.
2: Well, that's right. Well, like I before
1: I was in Vegas at the Shot show, we did our show from, uh, from uh, you know, a new restaurant in Warden, Montana, and the main street is is hopping because people, you know, not only, you know, can, can uh, you know, uh, one of the kids run the farm or the ranch, but people can, you know, Nemont is installing fiber out there. It's going to make it even easier to, to remote work. In, you know, in places like, like Warden, Montana and, and, and some of the other even more remote areas. Warden's, of course, close to Billings. But but now you don't even have to make the drive into Billings.
3: Yeah, and if we have more days like we had yesterday where it's 62 degrees, maybe... I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, just kidding. The, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, 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 it comes I'll tell you the one thing about remote work is that it's not for everybody. In a lot of ways, it's not for Montana. I mean, yeah. was 28% of work hours.
5: It's uh, a lot of those jobs are college educated. That's right, and,
1: and people like to be a part uh, of a team. Hold that thought, Doctor Barkey. I got to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back to you in two minutes. <laughs>
0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we
1: still got a couple callers holding on, so I want to try to get to them with a lightning round before we wrap up the hour here. Uh, and, hey, first off, yeah, lots of ground uh, that we can cover here with Dr. Pat Barkey from the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. His statewide tour continues. Go to economicoutlookseminar.com uh, to find out where their next stops are going to be. So you can go in and listen in on the full presentation and take part as well. Dr. Barkey, before we send you back out to be the closer uh, for the seminar this morning, um, green energy. I was talking a lot about Europe. Apparently, that's a big part of what you're talking about this morning
3: as well. Yeah, we're just trying to take a, kind of a bite of, out of a big problem. And we're just trying to say, what the heck would it take? If all these uh, very ambitious goals people are talking about, if they're going to happen, what would it take? And we're also trying to understand what it means for Montana. Uh, we're a state that mines a lot of minerals. All these technologies use a lot of minerals. You know, you kind of connect the dots there. And it's, uh, it's not all bad. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's expensive and it's, uh, it's a little bit top-heavy in terms of people mandating things. But it could be some nice opportunities for Montana. Uh, again, we're not advocates for it. We're just trying to keep score and understand what it means.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And, yeah, I, I, I'm all about, hey, let's. we need more electricity. We need more energy, period. So let's stop talking about shutting down coal strip or blocking a natural gas plant. And let's talk about having that and that. And then you want to add some other stuff? Well, yeah, let's add some other stuff, too. We need more electricity, not less. Well, Dr. Barkey, thanks for your time. Great to have you on the show. Always good to see you in person, but, but either way, we just wanted to hear the information. So even though you had to phone in, that's all right. That was great. Appreciate it. A couple callers still on the phone lines here as well. Let's see. Paul in Whitefish. I, uh, oddly enough, I think our, our previous conversation ties in with, uh, with the current one. What did you want to share this morning? Well, first of all, we're
3: fighting the wrong fight. We need to remove their weaponization of global warming, climate control. That is the false narrative. If you put that same formula of carbon dioxide on Mars or Venus, you'll see that the temperature of those planets would be astronomically higher because of all the carbon dioxide they have in. It. It's a dead 1,000% lie there is no way the tiny amount of carbon dioxide can raise the temperature this cleft. but they're using it as a gun to shoot us with
1: and to undermine well, everything and, the and to undermine the, the American economy the global economy and much more and, and yet they say nothing about China and the communist Chinese uh, all right, Paul. Great to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for waiting around as well. Uh, just about out of time. We got Lucas Schubert in Kalispell. I think Lucas wants to talk about that story out of Glasgow, Montana. Uh, Christopher Rufo with the Manhattan Institute. A Montana family is alleging that the state government forcibly seized their daughter and sent her to Wyoming, uh, and so and and now. In this uh, so-called treatment facility, they're treating the young girl like a boy. Uh, Lucas, what did you want to share? Thanks for calling.
5: Hey, yeah, it's Lucas Schubert running for state house. And this whole story illustrates why I'm running for state house in the first place. We're the last best place. But even here, this ideology, this woke, you know, awful, far left ideology, whatever you want to call it is already seeping into our government and into our courts. And we need to act now. There's no time to sit around playing with our feet. So two things. One, I immediately call on the governor to take action in DPHHS to make sure that this never happens again with Montana Child and Family Services. Okay, there needs to be change in the organization, be it firing Whoever was responsible for this, be it rule changes to ensure that this never happens again, where a child is taken away from their parents because the parents don't want to conform to their false claims of being the other gender, which, as you pointed out, do way more harm than good in the long run.
6: Well, and, and
1: even if, and we don't know the full, I don't know the full situation here. Uh, he, uh, the governor on Twitter says that Lieutenant Governor Juris investigated this and said that, unfortunately, they complied with law. So, uh, you know, we need to go further than SB 99 and stop this harmful social transition from taking place in these facilities as well. 100%. I also think, uh, you know, it, maybe this will also further conversations. Uh, uh, Jennifer Carlson, a state lawmaker out of Manhattan, is trying to reform, uh, you know, CPS and DPHHS. And so I think those are conversations that, that need to be had uh, uh, with regard to this uh, very type of story.
2: 100%.
5: But we also got to look at the judicial branch itself because these guys, they run as nonpartisan. This judge that determined that literally, I read the article and in the article, it said the judge gave custody over to CPS. At least part of the reason was because the parents didn't want to transition the child and the judge said it was in the child's best interest. This is this judge should never be in Montana jurisprudence ever again. Do you okay, remember frankly, the judge's
1: name? Do you remember the judge's name by chance? Because I, I, I interviewed the mom. No, it wasn't in the article. Okay, I interviewed the mom in this case, but I know one of those highline uh, judges is uh, it was an appointee by former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock, who is, of course, a big fan of all the transgender uh, propaganda stuff, but uh, but I'm not sure who the judge is. But, uh, hey, Lucas Schubert, thanks for calling in. Sorry we're short on time, uh, but... Folks, if you want more information on this story, you want to hear the family's perspective. I interviewed the mom, and I've got the full story, including the video that the judge ordered to be taken down off of Facebook. Somebody put it on Rumble. I've got it on our Montana Talks website right now, Uh, that story from, uh, from over a week ago.